Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are in a series of studies on the life of the Lord Jesus, and we are going to conclude today uh, his Sermon on the Mount. And I do want to say that uh, what Jesus spake was not his suggestions. Uh, They were his edicts. And we and many um, commentators uh, say that the Sermon on the Mount is the edict of the king. And I certainly agree with that. Uh, So we're going to be in the last few verses, matter of fact, of Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 29. And so before we begin, let's go ahead and pray. Well, Heavenly Father, we look to you for guidance and direction today in our study. And Lord, and not just in the teaching of the Word of God, but in the receiving of the Word of God. So, Lord, we're looking to you and the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us, and we'll give you praise, honor, and glory for that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, verses 21 through 29 of Matthew chapter 7. We'll go through these first, and then we'll back up, and we'll spend some time uh, talking about um, what really this passage of Scripture is speaking to us, and actually what it is speaking to us is that um, the the desire in all of us as true believers, true followers of the Lord Jesus, to uh, do the will of our Father which is in heaven. And Jesus basically is teaching us here that by how we do that is by being doers of the word and not hearers only. Uh, going all the way back to verse 16, Jesus said these words, you shall know them by their fruits. Do do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. So, verses 19 and 20 are telling us uh, of the uh, that generation that uh, rebelled and attacked and opposed and murdered uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. They did not bear fruit unto God. And so we don't want to be a part of that group. We want to be a part of the group that bears fruit unto God. So let's read verse 21, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. So the one necessity of getting into the kingdom of God is doing the will of the Father. And of course, we know that the will of the Father is for us to believe. As a matter of fact, Jesus said that in John 640, for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I myself will raise him up on the last day. So uh, this is an emphatic. When Jesus said, Lord, Lord, amen, and we'll see that in the next verse, he's talking about an earnest appeal. And so verse 21 is part of this earnest appeal. Notice he says, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord. So it's more than just a confession that gets us into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. There has to be uh, something that we do to put into practice our faith or to act on what we believe. God requires that. 
Amen. So when James says, and we'll read that verse of scripture here in just a moment. When James says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, that's exactly what he's talking about. He's talking about putting into practice that which we believe. And of course, the word believe, it comes from the Greek word pestuo, and it is a verb. It means to believe. And to believe means putting into practice that which Jesus has commanded us to do. And then, of course, verse 22 says, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Well, prophecy, isn't that scriptural? Well, it certainly is. And in thy name have cast out devils. Is casting out devils part of the will of God? Well, it certainly is. And in thy name done many wonderful works. Well, doing wonderful works, all of that is the will of God. All of that, God wants us to do that. But if we do all these mighty things, if we prophesy in the name of Jesus, if we cast out devils in the name of Jesus, if we do many wonderful works in the name of Jesus, but yet our heart is opposed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, Notice what Jesus says in verse 23, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So there is something very, very important in the life of the follower, and that is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ where we are actually surrendered to him and we have bowed our knee to him. And we have made him Lord over every area of our life, over our spirit, our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, and our physical body. Amen, praise God. And of course, when we do that, then we actually accept and receive the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And so what that means is that the Lord has a say in what we do and where we go. He has a say in what type of ministry we enter into. And isn't casting out devils, isn't prophesying in the name of Jesus, isn't doing wonderful works, aren't, aren't these all uh, part of works that, uh, that are showing something? That is so absolutely true. But you know as well as I do, it's not the signs and the wonders and miracles that impress the Lord Jesus. It's our servitude and our service to him and our service to the body of Christ. And face it, you know, people that have evil intentions can do things supernaturally. But just because somebody does something supernaturally, that does not mean they are a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, in reading through the book of Revelation, we see that. We see the false prophet. He called fire or will call fire down from heaven. Well, the prophet Elijah did that. And he's doing the very works that the prophet Elijah is doing. But the false prophet is an antichrist. And he certainly, just because he calls fire down from heaven, doesn't mean that he's accepted of God. Amen. And so, you know, we need to concentrate, first of all, on our relationship and upon our fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ first. Amen. And then all of the other things that Jesus said that we can and will do if we're followers of him, all of those will follow us. Amen. We'll have a track record of a supernatural, spiritual kingdom living. Amen. But it all begins with a relationship with the Lord. And of course, you know, Jesus is teaching now his disciples what is most important. 
Amen. Now he's getting ready to send them out two by two. And they're going to go out and they're going to heal the sick and they're going to do many wonderful, wonderful works. And they're going to come back and they're going to say, even the devils were subject to us. And Jesus says, I beheld Satan fall as lightning from heaven. But he says, nonetheless, you know, this is not the important thing. The more important thing is that your names be written in the Lamb's book of life. Praise God. And of course, Jesus was speaking to the disciples and one of his one of his disciples was a devil, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. And so you see, Judas didn't have didn't receive eternal life. Because he fell away. And I have no intention of falling away, but I do know that there's always the potential in me to do that. If I don't take care of the first works, if I don't leave my first love. Amen. That's how we know that we are secure is that we stay close to Jesus. Amen. We follow him and everything that we do. So verse 22 and 23 again, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Do you suppose these two verses spoke to the disciples? I believe they did. Because they saw these things. They saw the miracles. They saw the demons being cast out. They saw the sick being healed. They saw many wonderful works. Amen. That Jesus did and that they would do. But at the same time, Jesus is saying to them, make sure your name is written in heaven. Praise God. And so going back to verse 22, notice it says here, and Jesus is saying, many will say to me in that day. Now, what day is he talking about? Well, he's talking about the day of judgment, the day where men will stand before him to give an account of everything that they've done in their body, whether it be good or whether that be bad. And notice Jesus said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. Now, that is an earnest appeal. That is somebody who has been rejected and he's appealing, earnestly appealing for the Lord to change his mind. Well, of course, in that day, the Lord's not going to change his mind. We will have already made up uh, his decision for him by what we've done in this life. And so that's why it's that's why the Sermon on the Mount is so very, very, very important because if Matthew chapter five, six and seven contain the edicts of our king, things that he expects us to do, ways he expects us to behave and actions he expects us to take, then we better follow what Jesus is saying. Amen. I want him to say on that day, well done, good and faithful servant. I do not want him to say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Oh, I tell you, that would be a terrible day. And then verse 24, Jesus says, Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Amen. Notice that whosoever hears these sayings of mine. Amen. That's an emphatic. It means an absolute necessity 
that the sayings of Jesus must be heard and obeyed. Notice, these sayings of mine, emphatic, that is an emphatic statement. It means that it's an absolute necessity that the sayings that Jesus spake on that day on the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, they must be heard and they must be obeyed. So we could say these are the commands or the demands of the Lord Jesus to each and every one of his followers. And of course, we know that righteousness and truth have to be received. And how are they received? Well, they're received through obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the things that he has said. Amen. And so it really... to. It, it's not the most important thing to do, cast out devils and do many wonderful works. What is the more important thing is to be completely obedient to the Lord Jesus, to his person, and to what he says for us to do. Amen. And notice that uh, Jesus says, Therefore, whosoever hears these things of mine and does them. Notice that, and does them. Amen. That's the Greek word P-A-O, and it's present active indicative, and it means to carry out. It means to do. You must do them. What Jesus says you and I are to do, we must do them if we are servants of Christ. Now, there's many people in church today that are really not servants of Christ. They're servants of themselves. Amen. They have not received the engrafted word which is able to save their souls. They've received something other than the mind of Christ. And I'm telling you today, if we have the mind of this world, we are not going to heaven. If we have the mind of this world, we are not saved. We have, born again people have the mind of Christ and not the mind of this world. And so Jesus is saying here <clears throat> that uh, Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, he likens them unto a wise man. Notice that, that which built his house upon a rock. Verse 25. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. And then Jesus goes on and he says this. And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does not do them shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Now notice that both those that hear and did the sayings of Jesus and those that heard and did not do the sayings of Jesus. Notice that the tests of life, the trials of life come to both. Amen. The rains do come. The floods do come. The winds do blow in our, in our lifetime. But he that is anchored upon the word of God, his feet are set upon the rock. Now, who do you suppose that rock is? Well, that rock is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. And when the floods come, when the winds blow, and when they, they, all of this, uh, the trials of life, the tribulations, when they all come and beat, upon our house, our spiritual house, it will stand the pressure. It will stand the pressure. It will stand the test of time. Amen. Praise God. 
But now those that hear the words of Jesus and don't do them. And let me tell you something. The churches are filled with these kinds of people today. They hear the word, but they don't do it. Well, when the winds come, when the floods come, when the winds blow, when they beat upon the house, it will fall. And great notice great will be the fall of it. In other words, it will be total destruction. And I do not, and I'm sure you don't either, I do not want to stand before the Lord Jesus that day knowing that my life down here on earth was not built upon hearing and doing the Word of God. Now notice something Jesus said back in John chapter 14. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him, And he who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. So the reason why our house will not fall during the tests and during the trials and tribulations is because Jesus is in our house. Praise God. Amen. And he can cause us and make us stand against Every plot, scheme, and the device of the devil. Praise God. Amen. So we don't need to be afraid. All we need to do is continue to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. And so to uh, finish out this chapter, and it came to pass when Jesus had ended these things, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Notice that Jesus has authority because He is the Son of Man. And that's very important for us today to understand. He is and he has authority because he is the Son of Man. We could just as easily say because he is the Son of God. And because we are trusting in him, our roots go down in him. The authority that Jesus had has been conferred upon us. Amen. Praise God. And so we have the right, we have the ability, we have the authority to operate within the kingdom of God, just like Jesus operated in the kingdom of God. Now, the Apostle John wrote this in 1 John chapter 2, verses 4 through 6. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. And so there we have it. When Jesus said, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them is acting just like Jesus acted because God sent Jesus to the earth and Jesus said, I always do those things that are pleasing unto him. Amen. Now, the Lord Jesus in dictating this letter to Laodicea says this. The amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God says this. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor 
uh, neither hot nor cold. I will spit you out of my mouth. One translation says, I will vomit you out of my mouth. So for a person who professes to be a follower of Jesus, for him to be neither cold nor hot, when it comes to the things of God and when it comes to Christ, means that he's neutral. Just like water that's not hot, water that's not cold is tepid. You see, you can't. I remember years ago when my when my babies were real, real young and I would feed them. I would have to warm them a bottle. This was many, many years ago. And uh, then before I gave one of my babies the bottle, I would have to turn that bottle upside down and I'd have to shake a drop or two of that milk into my wrist. And if I could feel it, then I knew that the the milk was too hot or it was too cold. But if I couldn't feel it, I knew that that milk was just right. It was tepid. It was neutral. And so then I could go ahead and feed that milk to the baby and it wouldn't hurt, hurt my child. In this case, what Jesus is saying, you need to be either hot or you need to be cold. If you're tepid, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. And so what Jesus is saying here is that you and I are called in this life as followers of the Lord Jesus. We're called to make a difference. We are. We're called to make a difference in our family. We are called to make a difference in our church, in our community, in our world. Whatever the Lord sends us, whatever he calls us to do, we're called to make a difference. And we're called to glorify Christ. And if we do none of the above, Jesus said, you're worthless. I will vomit you out of my mouth. And I don't want to be vomited out of the mouth of the Lord Jesus. Do you? No, we are born again and we're born again for a purpose. And that is to make a difference in this world. That means to persuade men to come to Christ. And that means to glorify him. Amen. And Jesus said it this way, either you are for me or you are against me. See, there's no middle ground. There's no tepid ground. We are, we are either for Christ or we are against him. And so we can't be a follower of Christ and at the same time be disobedient and rebellious towards his teachings and his commands. The part of the Christian life is being a servant of God. That word servant also means uh, slave, doulos, to be a slave for Christ. And so our only responsibility as slaves of Christ is to obey. And so finishing out this, uh, this chapter, and it came to pass when Jesus had ended these things, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So we're going to take the few moments that we have left and we're going to talk about how to be a doer of the word. And of course, what does that mean? What does being a doer of the word mean? Well, James describes it this way. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and then after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So are you called to the ministry? 
and you're doing everything within your power to follow Jesus. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Let me tell you something, sister. You're blessed. And reward is on the way. Amen. Praise God. Maybe you're called into the ministry. Maybe you're called to be a pastor and you have this grandiose visions of pastoring a church of 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. But right now you're pastoring a church of 50, but you're being faithful. And the Lord Jesus is pleased with that. You cannot, if you're truly following Jesus, if he truly is your Lord, then you're not going to be able to do more than what the Lord allows you to do. So be happy with that 50. Serve that 50. Feed them on a regular basis. Love them. Minister to them. Praise God. Amen. Teach them to love Jesus. Amen. And your reward will be great in heaven. So how do we be a doer of the word? Well, the first thing we must do is that we have to consecrate ourselves to be a doer of the word. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means making a quality decision. To consecrate means to make a quality decision that we're going to do something. And so the quality decision here would be we are we are making this decision to be obedient. We are consecrating ourselves to be obedient to the sayings of the Lord Jesus, no matter what the circumstances. Amen. Everything Jesus taught in Matthew chapter five, six and seven, we are going to do it. It may be hard. It may go against our fleshly grain, but we're going to do it. Why? Because Jesus commanded it and we're following Jesus. And so the second thing that we've got to do is that we have to be willing and obedient to the words of Jesus. We've got to consecrate ourselves to do the sayings of Jesus. And then we have to be willing and obedient to do the sayings of Jesus. We can't say I'm a follower of Jesus and then disobey the things that he said. And so we have to be willing and obedient to the whole word of truth. And that's what Isaiah prophesied to the nation of Israel. Notice he says, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. In other words, I will make sure that you prosper in all that you set your hands to do. Amen. Everything that I've called you to do and you set your hands to do it, it'll prosper. But then he said to Israel, but if you rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. In other words, you will be destroyed. Uh, your life will come to naught. What a horrible thing to contemplate. We get up in our 80s, 70s and 80s and re realize that we had an opportunity when we were young to do the will of God. But for one reason or another, we didn't do it. And our entire life has been wasted. Oh, we may have a big house. We might have a big bank account. We might have... You know, we might be on easy street financially. But what does that matter when it compared it to the kingdom of God? It means nothing. Only what we do in this life for the Lord Jesus matters. The third thing that we have to do is that we've got to stay with the word, even under pressure. Even when times get tough, we look to the word of God. We always say within ourselves, what will what does the word say about this or what does Jesus say about this? And the fourth thing we need to understand that following Christ is following the word. We could say it this way, following the word and being doers of the word is following Christ. And of course, the last thing is that we need to learn to put the word of God first in our life. 
By doing that, we put Christ first in our. That's how we learn to to put Christ first place in our life. We are determined to put the word first place. Amen. And so I'd like to close out by just uh, quoting some scripture. This is found over in the Gospel of Luke. Now, behold, one came and said to him, good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And so Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that's God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. And he said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have, give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. You see, he did not want to follow Jesus. He wanted to keep his money and he wanted to follow Jesus. But Jesus told him, you sell everything you got, give it to the poor and then come follow me. Don't bring anything with you. You come follow me. And the man was unwilling to do that. See, he wasn't really wanting. He was not really wanting to follow the Lord Jesus. He was wanting to follow Jesus under his conditions and not under the Lord's conditions. When you and I come to Jesus, we don't come to him under our conditions. We come to him based upon his conditions that he sets for us. That's how we learn to be true servants of God. Father, we bless you today. Thank you for your word. Now, Lord, enlighten us. Help us to carry this word and put it into practice in our life. And we'll give you praise, honor, and glory for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rb. TC86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said, it is the Spirit who gives life.